Hello and welcome to the 21st Century Leadership Podcast. I'm Brett Sadler and in this series I'm exploring how leaders need to respond to the challenges and changes of our times. For over a year now I've been recording conversations with top leaders and leadership thinkers and throughout the series we've been delving ever deeper into some of the profound shifts that are going to shape the new leadership landscape in the years ahead. So here we are at the final episode of this series. We've covered so much ground Along the way, we've checked in with business leaders Kevin Ellis, chair of PwC UK, RSA chief executive Matthew Taylor, and Ellis Kitchen founder Paul Lindley. And we've spoken to thought leaders about the big geopolitical background, leading beyond the ego, unlocking leadership mind traps, and then last time with Richard Barrett, the idea of conscious leadership. With today's guest, Ross Hall, we'll be finding out about weaving leadership an idea that draws all these different concepts together. So let's hear what he has to say. Perhaps we could just talk a little bit about the, the kind of background to um, weaving leadership and um, maybe you could give a kind of insight into what you see as being the key factors shaping leadership in the 21st century and where um, that gives rise to the weaving leadership concept. Well, I think there are a number of kind of you know sort of facts of life yeah th- um, so the, the way i the way i think about this is that i see um, a number of uh, facts of life which are really fundamentally transforming the way that the world works that i think have profound influence on everything including of course leadership um and um, I mean, these these facts of life involve the fact that there are many uh, emergencies that we're dealing with as a as a species and as a planet. You know, uh, personal, social, and environmental crises. So you've got you know enduring problems with um, poverty and hunger and water shortages, and then you've got rising inequity in many places and that kind of um, extremism that comes from that and uh, terrorism continues to be a, a problem and then you've got on top of that you know you've then got forced migration and uh, unemployment and slavery and depression and anxiety and loneliness and violence and then you've got things like you know uh, uh, pollution and uh, uh, resource depletion and climate change and species extinction i mean you've got this sort of really complex morass of of personal social and environmental emergencies that um, are not going away and in some instances are getting worse and they need to be um, addressed and what's pretty clear is that we can't rely on the old ways of addressing these problems we have to we can't and even more specifically I think we can't rely on the kind of traditional hierarchies and we can't rely on the classical um, playbooks to address these it seems that most of these issues require mass um, participation and therefore mass empowerment and therefore mass leadership mm-hmm. so that's a that's one of the uh, facts but then there are these other 
um, facts of life. There's you know the fact, the well-known fact that we live in times of unprecedented volatility and uncertainty and complexity and ambiguity, which um, which sets the kind of environmental context within which organisations are reshaping this themselves. In fact, you know, organisations in order to um, survive and be responsive in this VUCA world, organisations have to be much more adaptive, much more agile. And that means they've got to be shape-shifting organisations, which means that they've got to push decision-making out to the edges. Again, they can't rely on centralised hierarchical decision-making structures. So there's this kind of move towards mass distribution and, and uh, reorganization that is fundamentally influencing uh, the idea of leadership. Again, everyone needing to become a leader, decision maker. And then you've got, you know, on top of that, you've got AI and this kind of technological revolution, which is creating the fourth industrial revolution and it's also driving hyper-connectivity along with massive urbanization and massive population growth. So you've got this incredible um, explosion in people living on top of each other with new technologies in and, and you know and reorganizing together in this world of volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity against a backdrop of enduring personal, social, and environmental problems. And all of these factors, I think, point to the idea that if we want to thrive in this really difficult world, we have to empower everyone to thrive. We have to, people need to be equipped and inclined to thrive together. And I think what that means is that we have to equip people with um, not just a certain kind of knowledge and not just with certain kind of skills, although knowledge and skills are really important and the kind of doing of leadership is really important. But I think there's something on, beneath that, which is the sort of most, the, the kind of being side of leadership, which I think is equally important and actually a prerequisite to this new kind of um, leadership that we, we require. And I think this is a kind of leadership that's about, um, uh, well, the way, I, the way I think of this is, I think we're moving to this idea of a leadership that is ultimately pointed to the North Star of thriving together. So this isn't just a leadership that is for economic growth or profitability. Um, where we know that uh, perpetual economic growth and a, and a narrow focus on prof profitability uh, comes at the expense of environmental well-being and often at the expense of personal and social well-being. So this is a, um, a leadership, in my opinion, we really need a leadership which starts with this kind of North Star of thriving together, uh, thriving or flourishing together, thriving organizations, thriving economies, thriving societies and communities and neighborhoods and cities, thriving individuals, thriving planet. So this is recognizing 
I think at the, at the root of this kind of leadership is a recognition that everyone and everything is fundamentally interconnected and interdependent. And that if we want to thrive, everyone and everything needs to thrive. So this is very much about you know, uh, this leadership therefore becomes a, a process or a practice through which uh, one is trying to help everyone thrive. Yeah. And I think what that suggests then is that this is a leadership practice which is not um, reliant on hierarchical structure, but is, uh, it, I sometimes think of this, you know, if you think of the classic pyramid with the leader on the top and everyone sort of either looking up or down, you've got this sort of energy which either looks upwards or points downwards. And so it, it, it's that kind of hierarchical leadership structure is very uh, stable in many ways although i think it it isn't uh, and 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 i think it often lacks the um the agility that is required and the empowerment that is required so i sometimes think you know what if you tip that on its side what if you tip the that pyramid on its side to the right and then you've got the leader who is not necessarily um leading by virtue of their hierarchical position but by virtue of them stepping forwards you know it's the per the leader then is someone who's stepping forwards and other people are kind of following and then if you flip it on its other side and you, you say well what if the pyramid then falls the other direction then it's the leader who's not actually stepping forwards but it's the leader who's putting other people forwards recognizing that they may not be the best person to lead in that particular moment or for that particular um, uh, activity. And so this, the, the leadership style then becomes one of empowering others and is therefore um, not all about fueling the leader's own ego. It's not the leader's not at the pinnacle or at the center, but is, um, uh, you know ego less or at least has a softened ego and then you know what i then imagine is you know what if it's not in terms of pyramids upwards or sideways but is rather leadership in a circle mm -hmm. a circle which um is able to morph into the right kind of structure according to the circumstances and the objectives that that team wants at any one time. So this idea that the leader needs to hold the circle and leadership becomes one of um, just holding the container or the space within which teams can organize, get things done, uh, reorganize, re-get things done and connect with other teams. So this idea of a leader holding a circle and connecting that circle with other circles so that you end up with circles of circles or teams of teams in what we could imagine become like cells in an organism so you get a kind of an organism the organization becomes an organism in which cells pop up uh, to meet a certain task um, they then die when that task is is completed and every cell is connected with each every other cell so that you've got communication flowing from cell to cell and across the whole the whole organism so you end up with what i would call um, an ecosystem 
you know, this kind of organism, this ecosystem of teams, of teams, uh, each of which is being held, but each of which contains people, everyone who is ready and willing to, to take leadership in accordance with what is required and the skill set that they have. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And there are a couple of things right there that um, really strike a chord. There's, the, you mentioned the idea of the circle, uh, and it's something that I've been playing around with for quite a while, is, is if instead of looking at it as a pyramid, if you think that it's, um, and instead of trying to move the pyramid, what if you move your perspective? So if you look at it from above, uh, actually what you're looking at is um, the leader is in the middle with concentric uh, rings around them so the, the leader can't do anything unless the people around them are engaged and do things and they can all move forward together um, so I, I refer, look at traditional hierarchies as being a bit like a, a kind of jellyfish where you move the head and the tail can be dragging a long long way behind it yeah um, so you, you need to look at a different way of doing it where you can all move forward together um, and the other thing within that is the whole organic idea of it is um, a, a, another idea that I've had is around um, ephemeral organization where, uh, as you say, within, a, within a, the context of a larger organization, you get teams springing up and doing a job and then dying away again. And I think that's one of the big, big problems that we're confronting at the moment is the fact that um, organizations begin to exist for their own sake rather than for pursuing yeah. and achieving a purpose. Yeah. So, yeah. For example, if you're um, a pharmaceutical comp company, you don't want to cure cancer because if you cure cancer or, you know, all, all these serious diseases, what then becomes your point? Um, so, you know, I, I think changing the mindset from one of organizational per permanence to the idea that you are purpose driven and once you've fulfill the purpose then you look for another purpose you know what needs fixing now yeah so there's yeah. a lot of stuff in in there ross to me the 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 fact of my experience is that you get into as soon as an organization is created its survival becomes paramount and inevitably you lose sight of purpose and having authentic deep conversations about why do we exist uh, becomes incredibly difficult because suddenly you're threatening that, that even that conversation is threatening of people's survival um, and yet this is a f in my experience a fact um, that um, it's it's almost it's it, it, to me that seems to be the most important thing that you need to keep talking about it's why do we exist? And, and to get away from this sort of really narrow, purely tactical, uh, individualistic, isolated ideas of success, etc. I think it's fundamental that we recognize that everything we do shapes our well-being, our personal, our societal, and our planetary well-being. Everything we do, the whole of life unfolds through our every action. And I think we we don't we just don't have sight of this in most um, team and organisational work. And for me, this is the 
a fundamental role of the modern leader. It's somebody who has the, the courage and the sensitivity to be able to host that conversation with everybody in, in their team and organization. Without that, I think we will. We just uh, we we are will continue down this extremely uh, difficult path that we're now on. Yeah. So tell me a bit about weaving leadership, then, Ross, and um, what is your idea uh, behind weaving leadership, and how does it meet those particular challenges that you've outlined? Yeah, so the, so the the idea of weaving leadership is just to be clear, it's not my idea. I mean, I first came across it in the literature on collective impact uh, when I was uh, really grappling with uh, the question around how do you transform education systems in order to transform the world. But what's become really interesting has been as I've got into the idea of weaving and uh, and expanded the idea of weaving with uh, lots of friends and colleagues. Um, we have found that it is a, an idea that clearly resonates with people who are not working in education directly and, uh, and, I'll, and I'll come on to that. Although I think learning is central to this idea, but um, I'll come on to that. So, so it seems to me that this idea of weaving as a leadership practice for this century and next century um, is really fundamental and it does start from this idea of um, uh, aligning to a common north star which is all about thriving together or what i sometimes talk living for universal well-being so the starting point is that weaving as a leadership style is rooted in um, getting teams and communities and organizations to align explicitly to this idea of thriving together to living for universal well-being so that means that this style of leadership weaving involves getting diverse groups of people to align to a shared vision and purpose and also to align to shared values so it's, it's a very deep um, and complex process of saying you know let's can we agree on what we're trying to change where we're headed what direction we're taking and how we're going to go about that um, or, or move toward in that direction so this is it, it's sent it centers on this idea of aligning uh, people to this north star the good of all uh, common uh, you know thri thriving together Within that, and it's, it's, I mean, that's in itself a very complex task. It involves uh, fostering trust in trusted relationships, for yeah. example, and that often involves healing uh, broken or damaged relationships. It involves um, sharing stories, inspiring uh, people, steering conversations and um, surfacing the wisdom of the collective etc etc so that process itself aligning is, is complex but this form of weaving is not only about aligning diverse groups of people to a common north star it starts with that in some ways but it kind of uh, is it goes beyond that because once you've sort of found 
your community you know you identify the different people you need in order to move forwards and you've brought them together and somehow got those people to align to a shared purpose and vision set of values you've then got to try to get that group of people actually collaborating and this is the sort of next level of, of difficulty if you like because you and i could be totally aligned to the same um purpose but we may never even speak to each other let alone share opportunities or share resources or share learnings or share experiences or processes so this is this, this next piece of weaving is really about saying okay now we're aligned let's really collaborate together that means you've got to be very sensitive to what resources are available in the community you've got to be able to organize effective teams and energize teams and keep teams moving in the right direction and you've got to get teams defining projects using different business models and you've got to maintain the momentum of of a team when energy dips you've got to reduce bureaucracy and you've got to enable fluid communication and foster innovation and allow for collective learning etc etc so again even this piece around collaborating is in itself a very difficult task but this is broadly you know this is this kind of second piece after aligning collaborating is the the second piece the third piece then is about saying well even if we're collaborating it's possible that all we're doing is scratching the surface of a problem and being quite short-termist or you know just addressing the symptoms and not really getting to the root causes of problems or the long-term uh, or taking a long-term vision so the third piece of about weaving then is about is helping those collaborations to act systemically to create systemic change and that means changing the kind of systemic mechanisms if you like the processes the policies the rules the incentives the kind of the, the the mechanics if you like of the of the system have to be changed to create long-term change but so do do mindset so this is about also not just shifting mechanisms mechanisms but also mindsets it's about shifting worldviews social norms etc and this this part of leadership this weaving of teams to create systemic change requires again very uh, a lot of knowledge a lot of kind of it requires nuanced uh, skills around embracing emergence sensing and mapping systems uh, understanding systemic mechanisms and mindsets uh, doing root cause analysis doing backcasting and forecasting and um, scaling and and measure measuring impact change etc so again it's, this kind of third piece is also uh, complex what's really interesting i think is that uh, when we look at people who are doing this sort of work what's really uh, common is that these people these weavers don't only they're not just doing this leadership work they're not only doing the aligning work and doing the collaboration work and doing the systemic work but they also recognize that they are in the system they know that they are part of the system and that to transform the system they therefore need to transform themselves so weavers are inevitably 
uh, highly self-aware and highly committed to transforming themselves as a way of modeling the new kind of system they want to make. So it's very common to hear weavers talking about being self-aware, being empath empathic and compassionate, uh, being open and present, being reflective, being possibility-minded, being purposeful, being proactive, being growth-minded, etc., etc. Um, and they are these uh, weavers. Then are inevitably it, it, when they when you know when you when i say they are committing to transforming themselves essentially what that means is they are committing to learning where learning isn't just the learning of knowledge but it's about inner transformation and i think what what where this for me gets really interesting is that this kind of leader who is doing the aligning doing the collaborating doing the systemic work and being the new system or perhaps rather becoming the new system learning to be the new system this to me points to the idea that if we have enough people in any organization in any system who are becoming the new system or learning to be the new system then you've got the makings of a system which is itself learning and transforming so this in a way allows the whole organization to become an always adapting and always improving uh, system and i think what that points to therefore is a shift from again these rather old mechanical hierarchically structured organizations which are very inert to organizations and systems which are much flatter much more organic much more adaptive and constantly improving themselves in order to meet the changing demands of an ever-changing environment but always pointing towards this north star of collective thriving yeah so what you're describing there rossi is that um leaders of this type are essentially highly um, highly conscious individuals who are tuned into their sense of inner knowing. And so my question, I, I think that links back to the whole education thing is how do we uh, enable people to develop those skills earlier in life rather than having to go through a traditional, quite painful learning process um, and then developing those skills later on, because yeah. I think the kind of scale of change that we're talking about to um, address all these emergencies that you referred to, uh, it's not going to happen by a few conscious individuals. It needs to have a con consciousness of the masses. So if you're looking at that, how, how do you foster that through education? Yeah, so, so exactly. So, you know, a, a big part of my working life has been focused on this very question is how do you embed these kinds of this kind of inner knowing this kind of inner being into the experience of young people from birth or even actually minus nine months all the way into and through adulthood? How, how do you do that? And what's I guess you know what that means is we've got to transform the education system 
in order that there's more weaving leadership in education systems, in order that the central focus of education becomes this holistic empowerment of the human being in order to be, uh, you know, to be fully equipped and inclined uh, to practice this kind of leadership. And so it seems that we need to, as a, as a prerequisite to our collective thriving economically or socially or environmentally or in any other way, we have to transform the way young people grow up so that the central focus is the provision of learning experiences through which every young person is can become empowered in this in this way to be empathic to be self-aware to be growth-minded to be thoughtful and wise and collaborative and etc etc so um i mean so what i'm in the process of doing is um i mean i've created an organization called the weaving lab and this is a community of weavers from around the world all of whom are trying to uh, transform systems there's an emphasis on the transformation of the of youth years of, of growing up years um, but not everyone is in that space and so quite a number of people are working in different fields but everyone is 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 practicing weaving and what we're trying to do is we are trying to in some ways i guess professionalize this form of leadership approach this uh, weaving so that our our dream is that in every neighborhood in every school in every city there are professional weavers who are expert and supported to trans to weave together the whole neighborhood the whole city um, into a thriving learning ecosystem in which there are teams of teams working to ensure that everyone in that ecosystem is benefiting from empowering learning experiences that's essentially what we're trying to do so um if you're running what i would call a legacy organization or you're working within a legacy organization and your mindset is moving towards the weaving leadership model what are the practical steps that people would need to take and, and what would be the kind of uh, typical challenges in integrating that into their everyday work yeah, I think the practical steps are, I think this starts with a deep self-reflection. Um, I think, and it, it actually, it doesn't just start with a deep self-reflection. It's, 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 you have to enter into an ongoing process of deep self-reflection, which can be difficult. So I think, you know, you, 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 if you're sort of leaning towards this approach uh, to leadership, I think it's, really important that you recognize that this is not an easy this is not something that's easy to do even if you're really naturally relational and inclined to this kind of work uh, this does by definition require you to find your blind spots and to correct those blind spots and to you know constantly uh, challenge yourself so that's i think from the outset um, a difficult undertaking for, for a lot of people but if you've got the stomach for that I think um, you need to ask yourself um, 
you know, how good am I actually at, you know, and, and how much am I doing this kind of bringing people together, bringing the right people together, these different voices? How good am I at holding a space in which these difficult and different voices can be aired and can somehow uh, settle uh, and somehow lead to the emergence of something positive? And there are techniques for doing this and there's training you can do for this, you know, theory you trainings are good the weaving lab we're developing we've, we have some trainings and are de developing more so there's reading there's reflection um but a lot of this actually is going to come down to not acquiring the theory of this but actually getting into the habit of doing this uh it's uh it requires checking your ego uh, which is really difficult it requires you checking other people's ego, which can be equally difficult. Um, it requires letting go of control often. Um, it requires letting go of your own language and narratives and uh, enabling other people to find their own uh, language and narrative, which can be difficult, which can be very difficult. So for me, I think it's, it's, what, what defines weaving is in part the kind of doing stuff, but primarily it's about the being. What kind of human being are you? What kind of human being do you want to be? Um, and it's then about giving yourself the space and the attention to be that leader that you really want to be, which I think in this case is a leader who is highly self-aware and highly empathic and therefore highly we aware yeah. a leader who is very present and very open very reflective and future-minded so this involves um holding uh, the tensions of polarization it's about being present and future-minded um for example i mean there are all sorts of um, tensions that are that are required here so i think it's a it requires the primary challenge is to um accept the challenge of um being the kind of leader becoming the kind of leader that you that you want to be in the context of wanting to thrive together mm -hmm. yeah and i think what you said there summarizes very much the, the thinking of uh, 21st century leadership it's very much about the evolution from the egocentric to an ecocentric approach yeah. uh, and clearly weaving is is very much aligned with that completely yeah this is a, exactly it where it's just i think often helpful to think of your organization, your community, your city, et cetera, as an ecosystem. I think it gives it just the, the labeling creates a, a, a sense of um, organic uh, uh, existence to the thing. It's, it shifts you away from that rather more kind of mechanical, mechanistic thinking that was has been classically uh, has classically dominated organizational thinking to a much more kind of organic way of thinking. And then it allows you to think about gardening, nurturing, fostering, tending, uh, feeding, watering, you know, pruning, 
these kinds of uh, gardening and organic metaphors, I think, really lend themselves to this sort of leadership. Yeah, yeah. And obviously the whole idea of flourishing and individuals blossoming and growing is... All, exactly. All, all yep. linked in with that, isn't it? And then you've got, you know, there's a degree of kind of flow of information, the fluidity and um, responsiveness of... of uh, things that's right it's a, it is I, I do find that this organic uh, flourishing kind of language can be really helpful in this sort of leadership well yes i just love this idea of flourishing and how we as leaders can create the conditions for our teams and individuals to develop and grow to their potential and that's it for this series it's certainly been thought-provoking and i hope that for you it's been action-provoking too Thought without action is wasted time and opportunity. If you haven't done so already, please do go back and check out the earlier episodes. So thank you for listening and I wish you every success as you navigate your way through the 21st century. If you'd like to get in touch about any of the topics raised in this podcast, or if you'd like to discuss other aspects of leadership development and business strategy, just send an email to podcast at ukleadershipacademy.com. I look forward to hearing from you.